So I want to become a dog trainer. Oh, yeah? But when I look, I just don't know who to join. Yeah. It's a sea of acronyms, and it appears to be unregulated. <laughs> I want to know my money is well spent with me joining a team of dynamic, ethical professionals who have the same goals as me. I also want to be taught using the most up-to-date, science-led data. So where do I go? You heard of Pat? It's a place to go to become the most knowledgeable, skilled, ethical, science-based dog training instructor you can be. It's also one of the few organisations good enough to be a member of the Animal Behaviour and Training Council. The Professional Association of Canine Trainers, PACT for short, is here to help you become the best accredited dog trainer you can be. PACT gonna help you reach your goals. PACT is the place you need to go. Oh, PACT if you love dogs like we do too. PACT we are indeed the place for you. PACT it's time to take that leap of faith. PACT delay no further while you wait. Come find us at packed-dogs.com. Are you looking for the ideal gift for the dog-loving children in your family? Jack and Billy Puppy Tales is a delightful story with an important message for children of all ages. It's written by Steve Goodall and Sally Bradbury. You'll follow two puppies, Jack and Billy, during that all-important first year of their lives. It's had some amazing reviews from some of the top dog trainers in the world. Dr Ian Dunbar, veterinary behaviourist, says... I started to smile after only four pages. I couldn't put it down and at the end I could barely read for tears of happiness. This is a wonderful book. Karen Tong, dog training instructor and child dog bite prevention educator, said this. This will definitely educate both children and adults about the correct way to bring up a puppy. It belongs in the home of all dog lovers and anyone considering acquiring a puppy. You can find us at jackandbillypuppytails.com and join the adventures. We're also on Facebook, Jack and Billy Puppy Tales. See you soon. We have some very exciting news for you on the Barks from the Bookshelf podcast. Our lovely friends at Dogwise, who publish a lot of the books that we have featured and are due to feature have decided to give all of you lovely listeners 10% off all of their titles. So if you head to their website, which is www.dogwise.com, you can have a look at their catalogue. And when you get to your shopping cart at the end, just type in the coupon code, which is BARKBOOK, all one word, B-A-R-K-B-O-O-K, and they'll give you a whopping 10% off. Enjoy! Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about the dogs and barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn together. Barks from the bookshop and we're gonna learn about our dogs and barks from the bookshop till we're gone. Hey!
parts from the bush and then we're gone la 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 dogs are parts from the bush and then we're gone la 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 parts from the bush we're gone la 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 dogs are parts from the bush get down hello everybody that was almost as good as the first time we should, uh, oh, hang on. I'm going to get stuck by the mic. Get, God, I've gone all mouth, unprofessional. Get your mouth in the right place. <sighs> um, I, I forced Nat to say hello first because I realised I always say hello. And uh, she did a really good first one, but then I messed something up, so I had to mm, do it again. And the second one was... Accidentally on purpose. You dropped off up, 25% on the second hello. I did. That's what I've noticed. I'm going to turn around so I can actually look at you because yeah. uh, otherwise I'm sort of sideways. I've come in me in what I describe as my slouchy clothes today. Me too. I've done it on purpose. I've got my slouchy. I only said to Colin the other day that I never wear these trousers out, and then now I'm wearing them out. These are my. Uh, this is very visual for a podcast, isn't it? Yeah. These are my slouchy trousers. I've got my. I've double wolfed, which yeah. I don't ever do in public. I find. Double I feel very privileged scary. to see you in your there slobs. You Thank you very much. You see I me thought, in my slobs all the time because that's all <laughs> I really ever wear. I thought I'd be comfortable. Yes. Be comfortable rather than uncomfortable. Oh. Oh, delivery. Delivery. Deliveroo! Here they come. Da, da, da. Sorry, podcast listeners. We're having a live delivery of uh, what can only be described as uh, one can of beer. Very nice. Thank you. The I be- mean, this butler in the buff has let himself go a little bit, don't Hello, you think? Hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was nice seeing him coming, but it's better seeing him going. <laughs> Bye, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Uh, Love you. The beer fairy. Well, here we are. Look, we're back in the wa- the woofis, the woofis. Woofis. We're back in the woofis. It's got some more stuff in since last time. What can you see? Uh, oh, oh, put on the spot. Uh, clock. Yeah, don't work. Don't work. Good. Looks good though. Uh, is it that? Oh yeah, that's my show off corner. That's your show off corner. Yeah. Brilliant. I like it. That's a certificate of some description. What is it? Is that your? It's my university certificates. Your university. Mm. What else do you do with them? I don't know. It's a bit. I know it's a bit. Show we offy putting them in a frame, putting them on the wall, but I like hey-ho. it. I like it how you've positioned it behind where you do all your oh, yeah. live zooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what I've Then uh, it's basically a big sign that says, I That's know right. my stuff. In my office, I've got all my scout badges. Behind <laughs> <me>. <laughs> That's what I've got. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, what is that? What is new? Tell me what's new in here. Um, the I put those pictures up there. These ones? The, yeah, the little sign that says, I work hard so my dog can have a better life. That's true. Put my pin boards up. Oh, I see. Oh, um, I uh, best of all, there's a bird bath outside. I know. Yeah. That's really so cool. I am now officially past it. I mean, not that I was ever cool, yeah. but the moment that you bring a bird bath home, it's it's gone, isn't it? Really. I bought a bird bath years ago. So what's all right. Well, me? mind you, I'm older than you. Sorry. We've got loads of ponds and stuff, but I just I I really like it, and um, I've got some new nest boxes and a big bird feeder to go there. That's currently being commissioned by a very talented carpenter. Say what? What you're actually getting one made? Aren't yeah. You? Well, I looked them up and. They were pretty expensive anyway, so I thought I might as well get one where I know he's going to use reclaimed wood nice. and, you know, supporting a local business. Bespoke. So, bespoke. So, it's it looks like a, uh, you know, like, you know, like around um, Old Bursledon, there's the signs mm. where they point and say Hamble two miles mm-hmm. that way. It's one of those, and they're, he's going to burn names of birds into the wood. Nice. And then the feeders will hang off that. You just reminded me of a story. It's not really that related, actually. But uh, when I when I was young, when my mum and dad used to, you know, when you like your mum and dad go away, but you're old enough to be left on your own. Yeah. 
Well, my uh, it was just me in the house. My sister was living in Bratnall because she was at, um, at college there. And I used to have my mates round for, uh, we used to call it whiskey nights. Oh, right. Okay, just music, whiskey. used to play like, we didn't play poker. It was like Snap or something. I can't remember that. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I um, this is very unrelevant to a bird bath, but the burning, that's what. Right, that's okay. That's what got me yeah. Um, and my mum and dad had quite a nice table in one of the rooms in oh, their house. Dear. And we always used to do. Do um, they know this story before you put yeah, it Yeah, they like, do. Okay, right. Um, and I bought I thought there's going to be whiskey there's going to be stuff we all want to sit around this big table um, so uh, I bought the tablecloth yeah but it was a paper tablecloth alright uh, and this table had been well it's a polished. good plan though because you put yeah. the paper tablecloth down no damage can occur you scrunch yeah. it up you throw it in the bin Goes no away. evidence no one would know yeah the problem was spillage yeah. onto paper tablecloth then the, the the already wet tablecloth was left on the table overnight while we were uh, all you know in bushes and stuff yeah and festering uh, yeah and when i uh when i pulled it all up the morning after there was uh like it was all like cloud like water damage yeah. all over the table and i i went into complete panic mode because it's a very nice table yeah um so I did. I don't know if you remember. I'm a bit older than you, but there was an advert about... The Yellow Pages. Yes. With the... French polisher. Uh, yes. With yes. the moustache draw. I used to love that advert. Exactly. So it was an advert about a similar thing. Something had yeah. gone wrong. There'd been a party. There'd been a party. And I think it was a scratch. And yeah. the guy had called... He'd gone through the Yellow Pages, which, which for those of you that listen... Do they, that they don't in, exist anymore, do they? Yeah. I don't know if they have Yellow Pages in America. I don't know. It's a big book. Huge, great book. Used to have competitions, so I'd rip it and stuff, didn't yes. you? Um, with like just a directory numbers. of... Yeah. Anyone pre Google. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anyone can imagine. Yes, pre Google. So I looked up there because I've seen this advert for a French polisher. Yeah. Give him a ring, explain yeah. what was going on. He said, Yep, don't worry, I'm coming round. Roundy came, got my mates to ship in as well, bless them. Yeah. So I think it cost me like 90 quid, this did. Um, so he came round, he had all his, all his kit it's and everything like that. I showed him the, yeah, it was. I showed him the table. He's like, Yep, don't worry, I'll get this out. Um, I said, Would you like a cup of tea? He went, yeah, a cup of tea. And I went off to make a cup of tea. Yeah. Came back about 10 minutes later, opened the door, and the table was on fire. <laughs> I pooped myself, right? He's standing over the table, and the whole thing is there's flames coming off the top of it. And I just immediately thought he's like a maniacal friend. He's this guy I've invited into my house, I've given him 90 yeah. quid, and he's just burning my table. But actually, what turns out is that's how they draw the moisture out from underneath the varnish. So they put this liquid over the top. Oh, it wasn't your whiskey remnants on no, fire. No, no, no. They light it up, which draws the moisture out from underneath because the moisture had gone through the varnish. Yeah, and, and that's where you get the, the cloudiness. Yeah. So there you go. I, I had mean, a little heart attack. Could he have warned you about that? I feel he like didn't. he maybe should have. I feel like, like he if you pop it. back with my tea, then there will be flames. There will be. There will likely this table will be on fire. But there you yeah. go. I digress. That's a little story about my my life. But I got caught out because it was better than when my mum went oh, away. As yeah. soon as my mum walked in, yeah. what have you done? What yeah. have you done to the table? <laughs> like yeah. really well polished it's like you never you never want to clean too well mm. because it looks like you're you're trying to cover something exactly. up exactly but there's another story about one of those nights where i got stuck on the roof but i'll leave that for, <laughs> i'll leave that for another time stuck on a roof and one of my friends got fell over and got stuck in a bush oh dear it was all good fun it was all good fun shenanigans of a steve so um tell it's one thing i did want to ask you about foxes oh yeah tell us about foxes we have well we've we've called her felix uh, there's actually three, oh. but we, so we don't, and I can't tell them apart. So mm-hmm. we've basically got a nest cam on the woofus here, which is at the back of the garden. So it's quite 
quiet and you know they can they've got the whole place to themselves once we're all tucked up in bed um and so we've been putting some food out and yeah about 8 30 she comes knocking around for a tea um and then they just uh, every so often they'll just reappear um and the funniest thing is that uh, like in the summer i was leaving the dog's toys out or um my shoes I'd leave by the back door and mm-hmm. w- one day one of my shoes went missing I thought it was maybe it was Drax so I was looking in his room because sometimes he'll take stuff to his room <laughs> um but um I think it must have been the foxes because I found it in the pond oh wow yeah so oh, that's amazing um and they pooed on it so they're, oh, they're wow. like they're probably they're they're probably trying to gain like te- territories at the moment and using you know their their poo as a way of of marking the boundaries okay. um so obviously my shoe was part of that it's a little flag in the ground to say shoe poo felix was here yeah a little bit of shoe poo a bit of shoe poo what's a bit of shoe poo between friends indeed so you got fleet fox fleet fox yeah because they're in the woods over there ah. um and it's probably the same family that that did eat our indian runner ducks a few years ago oh, so dear. we have to what be a bit done, careful yeah. but you know circle of life in it Yes, it is a circle of life. I'll insert the song here. Yeah, small, okay. <laughs> for a small line came out. Oh, how cool is that? I yeah. love foxes. I, I um, did a little uh, uh, home visit to a little Romy rescue the other oh. day that looked exactly like a fox. Yeah. I was just completely blown away. I was like, are you sure someone hasn't just bought you a fox around <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to act like a dog, so I'm going to say it was a yeah. dog. It was very, he was very lovely. Um, one other... F- I, I finished um, getting shaped timber. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it next. We're doing a special podcast on Nick Benger's podcast about it. Okay. Um, but I won. Yay! Yay! I, I didn't win. Oh. I, I lost. Well, I, lo- I, I, I uh, disqualified Actually, myself. To, yeah, you had to retire. <laughs> Yeah, through to injury. Turns out I'm too due old. To injury. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you retired My- due to being. So this old. was, I think, I finished about six days before the end of September, uh, and only now, only today, has my knee felt all right. So that's how bad it oh, was. Oh dear. But yeah, um, it's hard to run when you're using a Zimmer frame, isn't it? So it is hard to run, especially when on you're the uh, on the running machine. Just keep running. getting stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it was hell. Can't wait till next year. It'd be brilliant. Um, but thanks for everyone who donated. That was really nice. We've had some nice donations. So that was really good. Um, oh, I look forward to listening to that on Nick's podcast then. Yes, you can let you be an hour of me and Carrie bickering. Yeah, I know. I've, I've heard. I've, I've heard there's been a bit of a. Uh, oh, it's a long story, boxing folks. Boxing match. Basically, Carrie won, but she walked. So, you know, I'm not sure. Not what. that he's mentioned it. <laughs> Every day for the last. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Although I did agree that walking was in the rules, so I can't be a sore loser. But fair play no. to her. She came, she saw, she conquered. The yes. king is dead. Taz Nichols is dead. Long live the queen, Carrie Ann Selwyn, and long may her crown reign. But there will be no walking next year. <laughs> I just say that, Carrie, if you're listening. Um, okay, so um, yeah. Um, what else have I been up to? Uh, oh. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. I what? watched a really good documentary. Oh, yeah. um, it's called Rising. If anyone wants, and then this isn't a TV. I haven't watched this yet, so I'm I'm in the gang of who you're talking to here. So I think everyone needs a little bit of good in their life at the moment. Something mm. that's nice, something that's cathartic and makes you feel good. And I watched a documentary called Rising Phoenix on uh, Netflix. All you Netflixers out there. Um, uh, and it's about the Paralympics. It's basically about the story of the Paralympics. And it follows maybe six or seven... Paralympic athletes um, through their 
journey from childhoods to how they sort of got to where they got and this interweaving story of the actual games it is just fantastic it's absolutely brilliant i mean like you want to talk about like real life superheroes i mean these really people is are, it all about the, the oh, power of the human spirit oh my god it's, it's all like this you know i i was feeling a little bit like uh, when i went into it a little bit like oh work's getting a bit on top of me oh, i feel a little bit stressed and then you watch that and you're like maybe i should check my uh <laughs> it's a good uh, re- a little, reset of just a little yeah. bit maybe my problems yeah. aren't anywhere near big yeah. in in so you know every, everything oh i've run out of soya milk oh my god <laughs> oh hang on this person no has bacon no legs and is an athlete um uh, there's some awesome moments in it, it is I, the music's great it's unbelievably shot I was going to try and look into who's doing the, the filmography filmography is that a word yeah. um, uh, but it's amazing uh, and there's this there's a, a woman in it called Bebe I can't remember what her second name is but she's the Italian Paralympic fencing world record holder I think I think she's world record holder but just her story her enthusiasm is incredible you gotta watch it it's insanely okay. good and every story is like seat of your pants stuff yeah. nothing to do with dogs but you know sometimes humans are good too oh yeah sometimes yeah and 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 when humans aren't good mm-hmm. then there are programs like what I've watched recently on Netflix which was um uh the neighbours next door or something that. like that I saw that what did you think I uh, I found it quite uncomfortable. I found it how I do you know what I took away from that? I found it really uncomfortable how much people film their blooming lives. I know. That's what I thought, and that you, I wonder. I wonder if I, I mean I can get enough. the police cams, but why yeah. are they filming? I don't, I don't get it. They never seem to turn the camera off. That family. No. Anyway, yeah, well, shocker. I do, yeah. yeah, an absolute shocker. No spoilers, but Jesus. No, but for those of you that That's are side, fellow <laughs> murderinos, then maybe watch that one first and then Steve's yeah. one because yeah. you, you'll you'll yeah. go into the depths of depravity and, and hell and then it'll be lifted back up again. What The, the thing that annoyed me about that programme was... Oh, I can't do this without any spoilers. No, I tried to tell someone about it the other day and I was like, I can't tell you anything. It was you, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, so, so you see all of the... And that thing at the end, the stats at the end, that blew my mind as well. Yeah, but, um, that was the bit I was trying to tell you, but I couldn't. Yeah, yeah that's scary. Again, can't spoil it. Yeah. Anything. But the, it was the, can I do this without giving anything away? It was the, so you got all of the what happened, but you never really got a why mm. or a how. Maybe mm. you did kind of get a why. But anyway, go and watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah, or don't, if you're not I was counting during Rising Phoenix, I cried seven times. Oh, Steve-o. Just like good, like... Yeah. <laughs> so, blah, 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 those sorts of ones. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big... I don't cry any uh, anything other than... I think it's a problem, like TV programmes and things like that. I don't cry in real life, but like I can easily blubber on a oh, TV programme. I cry program. all the time. Songs. It's better out than in. Songs, stuff like that. Oh, songs, yeah. When Corinne gives me more wages, I cry there. <laughs> 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 well 50p a week you know I know I, say, I feel like I work harder I don't get it but she tells me I don't I don't know anyway i tell you what here's a nice segue things that have appeared in your off woofus since the last time I came in here and there's a pin board over there with uh some infographics some charts on there mm-hmm. we've got the four categories of operant conditioning we've got canine bite levels we've got body language of fear in dogs and i can't see the other one what is it based basic uh it's counter conditioning desensitization or it might be that actually anyone that has seen can't remember a a uh uh infographic or chart on dog body language or depicting illustrations of dogs in the last what 10 yeah maybe easily longer. yeah 
10 years. We'll have seen the work of the amazing human being that we are talking about today. You may not know that you've seen it, but But you you will recognise it and you will have seen it somewhere in your vet's practice or website. I was thinking today, um, her dog Boogie, Mm. I've probably seen a visual representation of her dog more than I've seen my dogs I reckon yeah visually represented and even photographs possibly I yeah. don't know because I've yeah. seen it a lot so I don't know if anyone has clued in yet but we are talking can about can you tell what it is yet can you tell what it is we're talking about the um, amazing awesome uh, Lily Chin um, and she has just just right now released an absolutely mind boggling book all about doggy body language it is hot off the press hot off the press folks and we've been lucky enough to get some review copies and it's called doggy language uh, a dog lover's guide to understanding your best friend and it's simply what a beautiful book it is it, i mean it is beautiful that's the best word for it really yeah it's it's lovely and i think even the people that aren't dog lovers could easily flick through it and and just marvel at the 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 craftsmanship and the beauty and the just lovely formatting and yeah it's it's a really nice looking book as well as having a really good content she's uh incredible at capturing we were talking actually weren't we i remember back back in the day when we were talking to a friend of the podcast karen wilde indeed me and Karen were both talking about illustrations for dogs, um, and but I think both of us said Lily Chin's name at the same time because no one captures it quite like Lily captures yeah. it. I don't think. I, yeah. I think that's safe to say. I think you, anyone in the dog world um, would would point to her for the, the the drawings are simple, but they are spot on, spot on. Because it'd be easy to op- oversimplify and make it look too cartoonish, but mm. you know, you as a you know behavior expert you can look at it can't you and you can see the mm. accuracy in the the body language and yeah it's just it she's she's very skilled lady i also think i'll go into this later we won't hang around the intro for too long so i've already told a story about a burning table <laughs> <laughs> i've gone off piste a little bit but um uh i think this would be a great book not only for com- complete novice beginners but I quite fancy sort of taking it, like maybe when I do a one-to-one and sort of like yeah. when someone's describing something, going through and going, what, you mean like this? And then yeah. going, yeah, that's what he was doing. And like, okay. And then yeah. you like, oh, I mean, I know loads of behaviourists, you know, at the top of their game mm. that will use um, Lily's body language chart. You know, the anxiety one. Yeah. Um, they'll use that in consultations. So, you know, it's... I think it's um, just a really good representation of, of um, how dogs can look when they might be feeling certain things. So, so this one's going to be a really interesting yeah. one because um, I do like Lily's not a training professional or behaviorist, or but uh, uh, you know her work has stamped its way large across the yeah. training and behaviour world of dog training. So what an interesting story to be outside coming in. Um, we're going to get to have a chat with her. We're very, very lucky um, again. Um, but before that, before that, shall we um, dive into the main body of let's, the podcast? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. All right. Why read it? Why read it? Why? Well, firstly, why buy it? And there's this thing coming up called Christmas. 
And I think this would be a lovely present for anyone with a dog, don't you? What a great present. It would yeah. be a great present. Alongside Jack and Billy puppy tails, it would make, make a double bubble. Clang. Make, make a double bubble awesome, awesome present. It would be brilliant. Um, Jack and Billy's a bit cheaper. I'm just I'm throwing that out there. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, no, you're right. What a great um, as a little coffee table book, yeah. or or if you're a tra- like any of those reasons we talked about already. Really, uh, if you're new to the game, if you you know want something nice and concise, you want something, you want a beautiful item to hold in your hands and thumb through while you're having a cup of coffee. Um, you're looking at learning dog body language. You're looking at maybe using it as a reference point. You want to give it as a Christmas present. Why buy it for all those reasons? Yeah. And the way I would look at it is um, if you were going to a a country where you didn't speak the language Mm -hmm. and there was a kind of a a verbal human equivalent of this book, Mm. you'd have a lovely holiday. Mm. Because you would be able to flick through it. and Order a beer. Exactly. You'd be able to. Yeah. And there would be sort of cultural references in there so you wouldn't get get in trouble for I like your I like you know. this analogy yeah I like it I think, don't you think you've done like, a very good one yeah you know, I like it I like um, it didn't I mean think... to sound so impressed you do come up with good analogies <laughs> well, all the time you can sound impressed just... you didn't need to sound so surprised <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah yeah. I didn't need to sound so surprised but yeah no you're right it's, yeah. uh, that, that's great that's great yeah. leave it there I think just do it drop your mic yeah don't alright bye it's mine <laughs> And there goes William Tell riding off into Ba-doing. the sunset after putting a fine arrow right in our eyeballs. Ouch. Ouchies. Ouchies. I'm running out of things to say about the... Uh... Yeah. I, do, I think we need some new jingles. I think maybe I actually... <gasps> controversial. Right. Maybe we should think of some new uh, sections. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, let's leave that hanging out there. Anyone, any listeners got any ideas? I was going to say, maybe the listeners should think of new sections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Let's have a competition. Okay. We'll put it on the Facebook page. Anyway. Greg Wallace is staying though, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. We can't get, get rid, rid of Greg. We can't get rid of Greg. Greggy Greg. Um, why is there an arrow in your eye? There's an arrow in my eye because in this book, um, Lily depicts one of my biggest... Bugbears is the wrong word. If I, if everybody that owned a dog could could understand this piece of body language, then I think we'd end up with a lot less conflict. It's one of those things that I I do wang on about quite a lot. You hear me? Wang yeah, on you're like a, a broken lot, record. I know. <laughs> Never shut up about it. It's it, interesting. You think this this so this this bit? Yeah, I think this it's bit really of information important. could really lead to uh, much more fruitful relationships between yeah. us and our dogs. Yeah. Interesting. Um, mm. And. That is bellows. Bellows. So um, I'll, I'll read a bit. Can I read a bit of the section? Is that yeah, okay? Of course you can. So it's yeah, about. Yeah. Um, it's from the um, know the difference section, which Great I section. loved. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to talk about the kind of precursor to that in uh, Greggy Woo. Mm-hmm. But um, my my prick to my eye from the know the difference section was about a dog exposing their belly. So um, it can be for two reasons, two main reasons. It can be for all sorts of reasons, really. I mean, there could be rolling in fox poo that 
they is in the garden, to be yep. honest. But um, but the main ones that are shown in in the book are um, "I am no threat, please stop," which is a kind of appeasement type gesture. Um, Submission, and... you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a bit of steam come out of Nat's ears. Yeah, tiny little bit, and she's got headphones on. The thing is, all. it's kind of it's kind of is, but we've been so we've got so many negative emotions with those those yeah. words now. Trigger warning. Um, yeah, um, and. Uh, then the other is is upside down play or, you know, actually I want a belly scritch. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, in greeting people, I see more dogs do the appeasement gesture than I see them do the belly. I would yeah, like a belly yeah, scritch, yeah. please. Um, because I think uh, all the dogs I've known, I don't know what you think, all the all the dogs I've known, the the belly scritch request so going up on their back with loose body language and you know usually comes after you've greeted them and yeah. you're maybe lounging on the sofa lying or the, you're yep, playing yep. or you're lying on the grass yep. with them it's not you normally know. a first screen. yeah yeah and i'm sure there are some dogs out there that that do that yeah. but you know i've i've seen some dogs where it really has been misinterpreted to the point where they're trying to shout louder about not wanting to be greeted that way. So they literally run up to you and throw themselves on their back. Um, and, it, you know, for someone that hasn't got the um, the understanding of what that dog is trying to convey, it really does look like they're inviting yeah, you for a tummy tickle, Which makes it? you come right into their personal space, yep. touch them. Yeah. In an exposed area of their bodies. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this happens a lot with peaches and my parents. Uh, I, and when <laughs> parents politics, when, <laughs> when you're dealing with, uh, yeah, when you're dealing with um, parents and you're a dog trainer, but of course, because they're, they're your parents, they have no, you know, real understanding of your expertise or, or just disregard it at every turn. Pretty um, much. It's quite yeah. hard to kind of, to drive these things home. It says, what is it? I think I, think I, I read somewhere, it takes about 30 times of seeing a message, you know, like you might get the, you know, get Brexit done, make America great again. The reason they ham on about these things so much is because it takes about 30 times for you to get it in your head and start thinking, oh, you know, America yeah. needs to be better. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, uh, and uh, with parents, it takes 4,932 <laughs> times. And I've timed it. Um, but I'm sure anyone with kids listening must have the same. Probably you know, the same, grand- From what I have observed, grandparents just throw the mm. rule book out the window, don't they? And it's just like, well, I'm going to do And whatever. they mean well. God. This is why it's so hard. They mean well. And they're really lovely to my dogs. And, and more important than that, they will let me put my dogs in their house if I want to go on holiday Yeah, sometimes. so you can't moan too so much. I can't moan too much. I can't. But I do look after their chickens. Anyway, I'll digress. Um, uh, but yeah, I yeah, they do that with Peach. Peach will lay on her belly and they'll be like, oh, you would a belly rub and doing all of that sort of yeah. stuff. And I think actually with Peach, I kind of think she's sort of, she's half and half. I think she's a bit like, Jesus, calm down, mate, because my dad cannot. He's a bit like me. He cannot. He's got no off button. You can't, you can't turn him down. Once he's up there, he's up there. Um, and yeah, I, I think she's a bit half and half. I think she's sort of half enjoying it and half like. Well, yeah, Jesus and way. and aren't we all like that at some mm. point? And and um, I I think the way I try and describe the the nuance of dog body language is to ex- explain the nuance of human body language. Yeah, so yeah. so this equivalent would probably be so. The appeasement exposed belly would be us holding our hands up, you know, like if you, you know, all right, all right, calm yeah. down, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, if someone's 
pointing a gun at you or whatever, that kind of thing. Mm. Now, when you describe that, you stood upright, you're looking at the person, your hands are in the air. How would you differentiate between that and between me coming in for a hug? You know, they're very mm. much, all my body parts are in kind of the same place, mm. but they have very different intentions. Mm. And I think that's the same with this exposed belly thing. Yeah. And I think that's why I think it's so important because if people can get the nuance of this, they're more likely to then be able to Look pick up on further. all the other things yeah. and understand that the way a dog looks um, isn't can't really be in a textbook. You need to think about the emotions that's another, another really good analogy there. You're I don't know where they're coming the, from. Smash it in the park. You should write them down. We're lucky enough for recording. So you yeah, don't, you don't I mean, they're going in the public record. So <laughs> um, uh, What was I going to say? Oh, I've lost my train of thought. I had a really good point there. Oh, they come around so so sparingly. Oh, I'm so I hate sorry. It when you, they were, you were no. so amazed by my amazing <laughs> point that you forgot your own amazing point. It doesn't matter. It'll come to me. 3 a.m. tonight. <laughs> I'll, I'll PM you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, what? Uh, uh, oh, oh! It nearly, it nearly came back. You know when they nearly come back? That's yeah. almost as bad as losing them in the first place. You know you're just sounding really old right now. <laughs> I am really old. <laughs> Got holiday coming up. Did I mention it? I need it. Um, yes. What? Uh, oh, I know. I know what it was now. Um, you've said this before, and this is, and this is really relevant to this whole book, actually. Once you, I think you used the term. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. So once you started going down this world of dog body language and once you yeah. see those things, once you, you've got it and you're like, ah, there's a great bit in the beginning of the book. I think it might even be the first sentence um, where Lily is talking about she was looking back over an old training video of her and Boogie. And uh, in the video, she clearly sees that Boogie does a, a she does like a lead correction. I think it was back in the day before she was like doing positive reinforcement stuff. Um, and she sees that Boogie does like a lip lick and a yawn it is. And she said at the time she was more focused on how he was sitting and when he was sitting. Mm. And of course, probably facing away from her maybe as well. I don't know. Um, but then when she looked back on it and she'd read Trude Rugas's book, friend of the podcast friend of the podcast uh, first one uh, just saying um, and um, OG yeah the OG uh, our mate uh, and um, it, it blew her mind and and she had that moment of once you've seen it you can't unsee yeah, it yeah yeah and then you're walking around the park going that, that was not happening yeah yeah and it's something. and it goes back to other friend of the podcast Jane Arden yes you know not being clouded by goal orientated training because you're missing the bigger picture which is what your dog is feeling what, not really what they're good. just doing and we are I think we're, we're moving into that in, in there now aren't we we're moving into the world of what are they feeling just not what they're doing I mean even me as a trainer I approach training like that now yeah um that's the most important thing you know that's the, that's what i'm looking out for it's not it's not uh you should be at this point now you should be able to do this you should be able to do that it's like is your dog enjoying it that's, that's, that's the yeah. first and foremost thing i'm not saying that's a new thing uh, and i've been doing it for a long time but i i think that's the direction we're going in which is good it is good i just hope we don't go too far to the point where we can't you know touch a dog or roll around with them and all that kind of stuff because I see lots of yeah hands off oh my god I'm so worried about doing something that might stress them that I'm not going to do anything um and you know dogs do fundamentally want to be with us and the focus does seem to be on all this um I was going to say negative body language, but that doesn't sound right. You know, the negative emotional body language, whereas actually 
what Lily's done really well here is she's showing the positive stuff as well. So yeah. you're not just saying, oh my goodness, doom and gloom, my dog just lip-licked. You're going, hey, look, they just did a play bow, brilliant. I think we did a bit of a disservice, the we, uh, but um, in calling these stress signals i've had different ways of describing them like stress oh God, it's really yeah. hard to know what to i i tend to use gestures. conflict resolution strategies yeah i think body language is just yeah. good because you could be saying anything but yeah conflict resolution strategies um however they're employed but i think uh, i i remember when i was first getting into this sort of stuff a lot of people were referring to them as stress signals These yeah or calming signals well that's signals. a turid rubus yeah. isn't it so. um which instantly puts your mindset in that idea of oh my god they're trying to calm me down calm themselves down calm mm. the other dog down everything's stressful and you look at everything through that stress binocular um and um yeah i don't think that helps necessarily I don't know, we're all just trying to do something good for dogs. Oh, we? yeah, like, don't get me wrong, I didn't mean to sound negative about no. it. I just I just don't want us to go too far the mm. other way. And, and Well, that brings brings us around to Turid as well, because she, yeah. she's obviously, Turid's had a, a, a long career in the world of dog training. I remember we asked her, go back to episode one if you'd like to hear, um, you know, what she's learned. And she said something, I'll be paraphrasing this, along the lines of, it goes good and then we go too far and then it goes yeah. the other way and then we go too far the other way. And yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Maybe that's just human nature. It's like a yo-yo. I know I go too far sometimes. There you go. That's... Well, that's just the stories you tell on the podcast. <laughs> I, I try. At least I, try. I haven't been naked this week or anything like that. <laughs> damp patches on my shorts or anything along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good that's good for the listeners I'm raining it in I'm learning table on fire 42 and I'm learning yeah um, I had a uh, uh, a prick of the eye yes as did well. you how how was it for you uh, my one was very very good actually and it's in the same section it's in the know the difference and mm-hmm. mine is all about investigating and exploring um, uh, sorry um, sniffing 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 so two two sections here um, they talk about investigating exploring and they talk about his intention and I like what we were talking about before it, there's the two versions here yeah. you know if you see a dog sniffing you know, it could be for one of these two reasons. Maybe more reasons. I don't know. But, um, and this is a really interesting one because it's one of my favourite um, favorite parts of dog body language that I see. And the classic, the one that I like, I like to see it. it maybe, it, you know, this is a bit funny because the dog might not be in the best place when it's doing it. But I like to see the easing the tension one because it is a little bit like, nothing to see here, mate. You know, that's Yeah, sort. yeah. And I you c- must see it quite a bit with... Um, with puppies when you're doing your puppy socialization and I think sometimes um certainly when I was doing awfully puppy socialization the owners worry and they Mm. try and re-engage their dog into the game and it's it this is a really good explanation as to why they should just leave their dog to it really yeah yeah what what a great skill to have Mm. I always I sometimes when I'm watching puppy socialization classes it reminds me of like gazers on a Saturday night out in town <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean like trying yeah. to navigate their way around they're all like you know looking for that special someone or something like that but they're also trying to navigate their self around You've got your mates that's fine we're all good with my mates but there's also there's other geezers around do you know what I mean another yeah. like, what have I got to do I don't want to like stare I don't want to go too head on towards them I want to be like oh mate like a little bit of a like an eyebrow raise and I think the sniffing the ground sort of like tension easer is the most almost human like way that you could describe that kind of thing oh yeah you know, nothing to see you mate hey mate calm down calm down you know that sort of thing it just shows our gender difference though because I, I also 
would if I was out with my girlfriends, then mm. I would worry about blokes looking at them funny as well. So we're both going mm. out worrying about blokes looking at us in a strange way. But geez, I think the it? the mm. the human the human version is you know yeah looking at your phone reading the menu. I'm probably not the best person to talk about going out. I'm, I'm not a, like, oh, in, in those I. sorts of social situations. I'm normally I walk into a pub, but then I'm like, where are the exits? If all of this goes wrong, how quickly could I be out of here? And then once I've assessed all of that, I'm like, okay, I can relax now. Yeah. <laughs> Says a little bit about my personality, doesn't it? <laughs> but yeah, um, and again, it, it's context, isn't it? So um, they say if, if in a smelly location, a dog may sniff the ground to get more information, forage for food or seek out particular scents. Uh, this is fun, interesting, and it, of course, important for them to do. I can't, I can't stand people that try and stop their dog sniffing. Does me in. That's number one. Who told me a really? Oh, I can't remember who said this. So I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it without crediting them. But it... well, when I wake up at three a.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was something like going on a walk and not letting your dog sniff is like taking your kid to the fun fair and not letting them look at anything. Yeah. Or go on a ride or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I actually spoke to someone today who's a previous trainer had had asked them or, or was getting them to stop the dog from sniffing because it was rude because it wasn't giving them enough focus. And I'm like, I've never heard that before. That's I like. I think no. my face said it all. Bizarre. Anyway, so you know, your dog could be investigating, exploring. It's what they should do. Their mm-hmm. olfactory sense is incredible. There's a reason it's like that. That's how they build the picture of their world. And that's great. But also, depending on the context, um, it could be used for his intention, like we were talking. So uh, what does it say? It says, if in the middle of a challenging or strange situation, a dog may sniff the ground to politely avoid interaction and calm themselves down. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about. It's lovely. I like I like watching that. So yeah. Um, I'll tell you when I love seeing it and it's like, it can be a real eureka moment for people working through... Um, adult adult dog reactivity so they're probably having a tough time by the time they come to me mm. you know their their dogs have maybe had a few altercations down the park and they're really worried they've got an aggressive i'm doing the um air quotes their air quotes yep. aggressive dog on their hands um and so then i i do the dog the the stuffy test so i've got a stuffed stooge dog and we we just let the dog do whatever they would want to do in the presence of a dog shape thing and um you know to be able to talk through with an owner that the reason their dog is circling on the outside and sniffing and you know looking out the corner of their eyes because they're desperately trying to be polite and they're not Mm. sure about how that dog's going to interact and you know that can be a real moment for people i think to learn that their dog doesn't want to get in altercations actually they're doing everything they possibly can not to Mm. but perhaps the places they go walking or the dogs that they mix with aren't allowing that to happen yeah and and, you know yeah some people those breakthrough moments are lovely aren't they they're lovely I, i don't really well i do get those i guess from people that are learning about their dogs but you know you get the real sort of like lip quivery sort of like look at him he went and sniffed that stooge dog's bum i know <laughs> yeah. rather than tear its head off like, like they're probably expecting oh i get do. some of those as well and that, yeah. you know it's all it's all a learning curve i oh, miss it actually talking about it god i haven't done it since march come on get back on the wagon i miss people and their dogs <laughs> but 
Anyway, we digress. We're talking about Lily Chin's book, not uh, All of these sections, by the way, are, of course, illustrated absolutely magnificently. There's a brilliant... Um, there's a, the, One of my pictures of the book is uh, a dog sniffing while there's, for whatever reason, a duck stood next to it. And the dog's got like a speech bubble coming out saying, if I just... Uh, no, maybe if I just sniff the ground, it would go yeah. away. So I was a bit worried about the duck behind it. And the duck's just sort of like... Wah. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's brilliant. It's so the the pictures are so charming. A charming's a good word yeah, for this book. a charming so good. good. It's and so good. emotive. There's just something about an illustration that can capture so much more than yeah. than what words can describe. The actual mouth. I didn't pick. I, it was in, it was a close second one, but they talk about. Maybe we'll talk to this actually um, with Lily. Um, but the the mouth stuff um, about how dogs can pin the corners of their mouths back if they're stressed and how static a tongue could be you know versus a floppy tongue those things are quite I think they're the real the the, the pièce de résistance mm. I guess of like of knowing dog body language because I think when dogs open their mouths people are just looking at their teeth all the time do you know what I mean not yeah. necessarily looking at what you know how far the corners of their mouths are going back and how how much tension there is in the mouth and that and once you again once you see it you can't unsee it the eyes bit as well i love this book yeah coming across i love this book there's a bit about eyes soft eyes or the you know hard eyes soft eyes it's great it's great go and buy it but i genuinely don't (laughs) think there's anything out out there that's that's no as comprehensive as this no and you you could a calming signals is a fantastic book don't get me wrong but it's it's a different kind of book it's more of a textbook for dog trainery type people or people that are you know this is for everyone yeah i don't think anyone would not pick this up and get into it yeah because you'd you'd see things straight away wouldn't you you'd see like oh i've seen my little maybe your dog's done it or someone that you've seen that at the park you'd and then you'd be hmm yeah you'd be really good really really good well i think that yeah i agree um, our eyes have been totally pricked what a marvelous prickage that was indeed brilliant Ten hit practical applications, ladies and gentlemen. That's a practical application. Uh, this is uh, we haven't been here for a while. We haven't done a practical application for a while. I think because quite often, quite a lot of the whole books are pr- practical, and this one is. I know they are, and this one is too. So it kind of it's a bit self-explanatory. The practical applications. It's gonna it? be a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to say was, um, as a fantastic exercise and a practical application for this particular book. Number one, practically go out and buy it. Yeah. Number two, take your book or to somewhere where there might be dogs and you can sit off on the on the peripherals. Or maybe if you've got a dog at home, just have a look mm-hmm. and observe and try and see what you can find out from the yeah. book. I, 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 I challenge anyone not to open this book, like I said before, flick through it and see something they've seen before and go, ah... That's why they did that. Exactly. And so as a practical application, we couldn't not do a section. It's a whirlwind, but um, you'll do yourself a favour. And again, once you've seen it, you can't unsee it and you'll be better for it. Indeed. It will open up a whole new world to you. A whole new world. Love that song. Not the Katie Price and... I thought he was going to say not the Steve version. No. I like the the Steve version more than the Katie Price and Peter Andre version. I learned everything I know from Katie Price. Thank you very much. Did you? Yeah. Is that why you're wearing an all-in-one pink rubber (laughs) jumpsuit today? Shh. (laughs) My slouches. Anyway, Patrick Applications. Buy the book. Go out. Observe doggy body language. Yeah? Done. 
Whoa! It's a Greg Wallace moment. <laughs> Ooh. Excellent. That's it's the one off. It's the one off this week. Week? Month? Week? week month. month? I don't know. I don't know. This time. This time. There we go. I think people appreciate the scattergun approach of release. Oh yeah. <laughs> we adopt. You never know. You might wake up in the morning yeah. and there might be a new podcast. Well, you know, a variable reinforcement rate is the way to Damn get a very straight. reliable behaviour of tuning Damn back straight. in. That's how exactly how I got hooked uh, on that... Deal or No Deal fruit machines. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> it's very specific. I'll leave it up to you very to decide specific. whether or not I got hooked on Deal or No Deal fruit mm. machines. Hmm? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> next week, next time, next month. Scat Who knows? Game. Next Who year. Knows? Don't know. Um... Uh, right, so uh, Greggy Wu, um, I think this sets the scene for the whole book and probably Lily does too. That's why it's the first section. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah I, think, I think if we talk to her, I yeah. think, uh, well, yeah. And um, so, I, you know, whenever we talk about um, body language, kind of communication, learning to speak dog, however you want to phrase it... Um, it always comes with a bit of a disclaimer, doesn't it? So it's kind of, yes, but. Mm-hmm. So this could be happening, but. Because they can't um, actually verbally tell us. And actually, even if they could, uh, you know, can you always explain why your body language is doing a certain thing? No. Could you tell me why you're fiddling with that wire right now? Probably not. So we're no. not always aware of well, why we're doing so if things. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be fiddling with my nipples. And that's, okay. that's not... <laughs> And that's not appropriate. And you can't reach them at the moment because of your pink rubber jumpsuit. (laughs) You're right, though, aren't you? I I always remember the whole, the disclaimer in the part of lip licking. It's like, you know, don't don't wander off thinking every time your dog lips its lip. Lips. Easy for me to say. Lips its Licks Licks its lips. It's stressed and it needs six weeks off work or whatever. Don't you know? It might have just had uh, one of your Pringles or something. Yeah, you just you know, context is key. Context is key, and that's exactly what Lily's saying. So, the um, the first part of the book says this. I'm just going to read it out because it's really really good. So. She says, remember, look at the whole body. So um, always look at the dog's whole body in addition to the single body parts. Feelings are contextual. So while a dog's body language tells us what they are feeling, we don't have the full picture without considering the context. What's going on? What's the environment? How's the dog's body language changing in relation to what's happening? And then also every dog is an individual. So um, a dog's expressiveness is also dependent on their age, health, breed, physical type, um, unique past experiences, learning mm-hmm. history. Um, I know uh, one lovely uh, dog, uh, you, you know them, um, Gemma's Badger, who does an amazing grin yep. when he's greeting. And, you know, if you took a picture of it out mm-hmm. of context, you could easily say that he was um, snarling or, yep. or whatever. But it, it's literally a, a learnt behaviour of... Of saying hi. Yeah, good name, Badger. Yeah, very good name. I like that. Oh, by the way, that Badger video that you sent me today was adorable. Oh, it's crazy. And now I want a Badger cup. Yeah, I know. I want one. Obviously not going to happen. I like Badgers. um, Yeah, so that's that's our Greg Wallace moment because I think it's so important that we just keep grounded when we're watching Mm. behaviour. Especially little snippet videos. Yeah, yeah. And and, um, I think it's very easy in this day and age to be very judgmental about what's been going on and and can you always know from a short clip or a a still Mm. and so you know 
seeing the bigger picture or not if you you sometimes you can't get the bigger picture and so ask questions and uh you know delve into what else might be going on to make your dog act that way uh, rather than just going for well it looks like that so it is that and that's exactly why if you get a especially behaviorist if you ask a behaviorist to come for a consultation or whether you you probably have a barrage of questions <laughs> asked yeah. of you because they, they, they need they need to know that they need to know the context they need to know what's happening you know as much as they can so yeah it's, it's important it's so important um because we can't talk to them in in our language no. so you know you got to make sure that what you think is going on is what's going on exactly I'll be a bit of a detective you're like uh Hercule Poirot. Indeed. I think that's why I love my job so much and why I love um crime shows so much. Yeah. It it kind of is the same thing. You're kind of sniffing out the clues and you're trying to get an answer to what might be going on. I had a thought. I, I had a thought about uh you the other day. Um and oh, yeah. um <laughs> and it was uh as when I was watching the Diagnosis detect the diagnosis. I love detective. that show. It's a good show, good show. But really I, good show. I realised how much the people on there were like you, their, their mannerisms and the way that they ask questions and things like that. I was like, well, that's kind of what you do as a as a behaviourist, isn't it? It's kind of you know you got to get to oh, the man, bottom of what like goes on. Oh man, I'm like proper humbled that you thought I oh. was. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I think you know I think. I think these things spill over, don't they, into all facets of life and things like that. But that's why I think those people love that job because it is a bit of a detective yeah. job, isn't it? Um, I look at me speaking. Well, it's a process of elimination a, a lot of yeah. the time, isn't it? So yeah, um, yeah. One thing, and actually, in that show as well, which is something which I, I guess would be a nice thing to get across to uh, uh, clients and people that work with trainers and things, is that when when they rule something out, they're quite happy. It's like, great, we can rule that out. Brilliant. Yeah. Let's move on to the next thing. It's not like, it doesn't mean you've failed because you've gone down one route and investigated it and it yeah. hasn't come out the way, which quite often happens, you know, with dogs. Completely. And That's sometimes you can't that. rule something out completely, so you kind of have to leave it on the table a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good show. I'd recommend that to everyone. It's been like a te- television and film, I know, <laughs> film but I, To be honest, today. I'm watching so much TV at the moment. Not that I'm not working hard, but I just I have TV <laughs> on uh, in the background, and yeah. so I've, yeah, uh, it, I could I could talk a lot about TV, but we won't. We <laughs> won't. do another podcast because <laughs> <laughs> you know we've all got time for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there you go, a Greg Wallace moment. Um, context is key. The disclaimer: look at whole body. Feelings are contextual. Every dog is an individual. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, thank you very much, Greg. Good to see you again, mate. Good to see you again. Wow! Wow! Hi! So, as ever, we have an interview with the amazing Lily Chin. But before we enter into the realms of interview land, I have a wee bio to read, everyone. So, Lily Chin is an artist who is best known for creating dog-related art. When Lily is not making new illustrations and products to sell, she creates infographics for dog training professionals, veterinarians, behaviorists, and welfare groups who advocate for humane animal training methods. Woo! Her dog body language artwork has been featured in art museums, on television, and worldwide educational media campaigns, and her Dogs of the World poster series has been a viral hit. Lily... Chin lives in Los Angeles with her muse, her rescued blue-eyed Boston Terrier, Boogie. Shall we have a chat with her? I think we should. Sense. He's gonna kill me. 
Devices. Oh, so, no, yeah. This, this doesn't work. It just makes me look professional. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, I had a, before we get started, Lily, I had a mind blow moment today when I, yeah. um, when I realized that you worked on, um, oh, what's it called? Mucha Lucha. Oh, you didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I had like a, I had a real like I used to I used to watch it and I was like, I, do you know what I was listening to? You did a podcast with um, Ryan, you know, the Animal Training yes, yeah, Academy yeah. podcast, and I and I just I was listening along and I was just like, because I thought you know I do a little bit of research beforehand, and I was listening along and then. <laughs> remember what i talked about oh well neither do i because once you got to that point i was like what and then i was like well that makes complete sense because of the animation and all that and i just i had a complete so it's great that we're doing it today because yesterday i wouldn't have even known about that (laughs) so i'm i'm proper happy (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it was so long ago i i just don't expect anyone to remember (laughs) i I used to be a massive like cartoonaholic in terms of things like ren and stimpy and and yes so was i yeah (laughs) so i yeah i i still like i still seek it out i'm i'm gonna be youtubing it later on i'm sure it's all on there (laughs) yeah i was i was absolutely flabbergasted i was like wow that's amazing have you ever heard of um, Rude Dog and the Dweebs? Yeah, Lily? I used to like Rude Dog and the Dweebs. Oh, no, I don't know oh, that one. If you like cartoons and you obviously yeah. like dogs, it's one to yeah. look on, on YouTube. Rude, okay. Rude Dog and the Dweebs. It's, it was an amazing okay. show. That's what I grew up on. <laughs> All right. I'm a bit out of the loop with the animation world now because, you know, obviously my attention has completely shifted over to just dog stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So right, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the ball rolling with a question here, and this is slightly glib, but Lily Chin, are you the world authority on dog body language? Um. Okay. I hope you're not disappointed <laughs> with this answer, but I'm not. <laughs> I know. So no, I I knew you would say that, but the reason that yeah. I started off with that question, like I say, bit glib, of course, but you must have you must have looked at studied drawn so many bits and pieces and bits of dog body language over the years that that you you must be quite up there our first ever guest that we had on our podcast was Churid Rugas um oh really yes yeah. that's right I remember that I remember that episode. yeah uh, yeah we were we were um flabbergasted to get we kind of floated out of the room after we'd recorded <laughs> yeah. we were like did that just actually happen <laughs> and of course and, you know i sent her i sent her a copy of my book and um i've been tracking it and it hasn't arrived yet so oh, I'm just, no. <laughs> i'm i'm hope, i mean i'm very curious what she will say or what oh, she I'm thinks sure she'll love she, it. i'm sure she'll yeah. love it well she at least she literally wrote the book on it didn't she um originally so yeah. So yeah, uh, but you know, I I I've told this story in the podcast. I think we've even told it in numerous podcasts. But Natalie and I met at a tra- so we we became dog trainers at a training school, um, and in the training school there were posters up everywhere of your work. There's even one in the toilet. I don't know if I should say that. Uh, <laughs> 
but it, they were all over the place. So your your work was, and that was what ten years ago now, yeah. like going back, yeah. and so all yeah. of the Easily, all yeah. of the body language yeah. charts, and and I I, th- I think I possibly I might have seen images of Boogie more than I've seen images of my own dog across my life. So um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. They, I I just I just thought you can't. I don't think you can get to the sort of level that you're at um, and not be quite an expert on dog body language. Well, you know, I've done so many of these charts and not just the ones you've seen on the internet, but there've been lots of others that have not been on the internet for different dog training clients and for shelters. And so, yeah, I've done a lot of these. (laughs) And usually people want um, a a different dog drawn, like they want their own dog or they want a, a, a lab or yeah. um a mite or you know so it's like I'm, i've drawn the same poses over and over again many times um and in a way it's kind of ingrained in me what these should look like uh so so yeah um i'm not an authority on it but i've done a lot of these drawings so so it didn't feel like a big big leap or a big challenge yeah to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet you walk through parks and you're like, man, look at that dog, look at that dog, look at that dog. Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I had, yeah, years ago, I, um, there was a woman on my street and her dog was like all scared and his ears were bad and tail was tucked and whatever. And I remember saying, your dog looks really scared. And she said, he's not scared. And she got really insulted. Like, you know? yeah. so yeah. yeah. It's so one I, of those I, things. I just, one of those things. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this information is really that known in the mainstream. Yeah. I, I think like amongst dog trainers, it's common knowledge that like, we all know this stuff, like with people who are into dogs, but. Well, you're Hopefully. doing more than probably anyone across the globe to to try and get that sort of information out there in terms of, and th- and this is the other point as well that I wanted to make. I'm going straight in, straight in at the deep end. <laughs> but I, I okay. think these these are quite lofty concepts, aren't they? If you're trying to describe it, so if you're into dog behaviour and you and you want to listen to someone like Sherid or get the book and see the actual pictures of the actual dogs yeah. doing this, that's one yeah. thing. But in, in order for this to um, become world knowledge, which would be lovely, wouldn't it? Because less people would be bitten, yeah. less people would have problems with dogs. That would be great. I don't yeah. think it's that's the way to get to people. I think the sort of thing that you do is the way to get to people because it's accessible. It catches your eye, you know, um, and, and you nail it as well. Like in terms of the, you know, they're quite, for want of a better ex- expression, sort of simple drawings but really nailing those those um those yeah. instances of body language and i think you know you know, this book definitely would be a, I, I i would i'd be amazed if someone didn't pick this book up and just carry on do you know what i mean you're not going to pick it up to a couple of pages and go me you know even for well, someone that doesn't like doesn't like a dog uh, doesn't like dogs who doesn't like dogs but even for someone that doesn't have a dog you'd still find yeah. it interesting wouldn't you because you'd be like oh i've seen yeah. a dog do yeah. that i've seen a dog do that so yeah maybe you never well, know this could this could blow up and the whole world could be well clued into i'm, dog I'm so thank you so much for saying that i'm really glad to hear you say that because i still wonder i'm too close to the subject i don't know how it's received like i mean there was a time when i i asked myself like are these drawings actually helpful or would people rather see photographs 
um, is it better for them to see realistic looking drawings rather than mm -hmm. simplified drawing but but over the years, I've just had so much feedback from people saying, oh, you know, the fact that they're so simple, it makes them easy to understand. And, you know, you know exactly what to look for. So, yeah, so I'm just really happy to hear that it's working, you know. That... It, it definitely <laughs> is. And, and yeah. um, when Steve and I were talking yesterday, I said, um, I know a, a lot of behaviorists that are, you know, top of their game. They are people that are at the the pinnacle of the sector and they use your posters as ways to discuss with their clients. Does your dog yeah. look like this, this or this in yeah. any of these? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it, I think accessible and um, kind of emotive are the words I would definitely use to describe them because you just you you just kind of managed to encapsulate what's going on emotionally and physically, which is obviously what us behaviorists yeah. are all about. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I told you, I told <laughs> you we liked the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know it just came out in the UK like yesterday, yeah. whereas it was out in the US like two days before that. So I've been getting lots of feedback from Americans, but nobody in the UK has said anything yet. So you're the first people to from the UK to yes. say something. <laughs> so I, I would be interested to ask because I, I um I do I do draw a little bit. I'm not I wouldn't ever describe myself as an illustrator or anything along those lines, but when I was a kid I wanted you, to be You drew you drew what's on your chest right now, didn't you? That's your logo. Oh, yeah, that's oh. my little logo there. I've, that's I've cute. done that's it. cute. That's really cute. Um and um uh I, I I'm just always really interested into how people got into drawing. Like, what, what when you were when you were younger, what what was it that got that got you into it? Do you remember? Do you have you always done it? Um, I've always done it. I mean, I've been drawing since I was a little kid, so I don't know what got me into it. But what got me into animation was because I like seeing characters move, and yeah, I wanted yeah. to be able to do that. So. And I got into animation that way. And I had no idea, like, at the time that I'd be drawing dogs one day. Like, this sort of, you know, happened out of the blue. <laughs> so... Does that help? Does that, in, in fairness, I guess, the animation, because you would have been drawing cell by cell, would you, at the, at the time when yeah, you got into yeah. it? So with the, I guess that painstaking, like, one, 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 yeah. one, I get, you know, that might have helped later on in, in life with the, with yes. the dog drawings. Definitely, definitely. Because we had to, um, you know, in animation, you have to keep the characters on model. Like they have to look like the same character from frame to frame. You can't change the size of the ears or whatever, you know. <laughs> so that consistency has, I guess that has helped. It does feel natural for me to draw a dog in many different poses. It's a bit like, you know, a bit like designing for animation, really. And was Boogie the first dog that you drew? Um, in well, terms I, of like I, over and over again, you know, like as a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> he brilliant. is actually. Yeah. Amazing. And I do see him every day, so you know, I see a lot. <laughs> yeah. And what about um in terms of how you did how you crossed over from animation into into doing dog stuff? I mean, was that something to do with Boogie or was it or, Yes. Or well just... um so I had worked I moved here from Sydney in 2000 around then and worked at Warner Brothers in animation and then we worked on this TV show Mucha Lucha as you mentioned for three seasons it ended and then we did a my partner and I at the time when we made actually he's in England right now <laughs> um, we made a movie a wrestling Mexican wrestling movie and 
that was okay. Um, <laughs> it was fun, but it was a lot of work. And then the we we kind of went our own separate ways, and the animation freelance work sort of dwindled. And at that time, I started fostering Boston Terriers for Boston Buddies Rescue. Mm-hmm. So I started drawing these dogs as a fundraiser. I mean, it was really just a hobby to start with. Um, I drew people's dogs in exchange for their donation to the rescue. And before you knew it, I was busy. Like I just, I was so inundated with portrait requests that I decided I should start charging for it. <laughs> and, um, it became a, it became a business. So I started doing dog portraits and um, was doing quite well. And then I adopted Boogie and I was drawing him for fun and, you know, it was when he bit somebody and I think I've spoken about this in other podcasts as well. Like yeah. he, he bit my building manager and I had to hire a dog trainer. Um, and that was kind of how I got into learning about dog behavior and started drawing stuff. Um, he had a blog. So I started drawing his little training lessons on this blog and um, Grisha Stewart saw my illustrations and she asked me to illustrate her book on that um and i also discovered dr sophia yin's articles about dominance and how that was all you know not true um and i was a big fan of her so i reached out to her and i said hey i'm an artist look i'm doing these illustrations for grisha stewart is there anything i can do for you and she hired me and i became her illustrator so um, so my my career into dog behavior kind of that's how it happened. Like I, you know, I didn't plan for it. It just flowed out of my own life experience with needing a dog trainer for Boogie and learning about all this stuff. And you've it's seen- amazing how how the network is really. And you know, once once you've got one client, it it builds, doesn't it? Really, yeah, so yeah. kind of quite organic growth in terms of what. Um, what commissions you were getting in, which is great. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the great thing was that, you know, I got to learn stuff as I was working for, you know, like I'm learning through the job, you know, I'm Mm. learning about dogs and learning about dog body language. I mean, even working on this book, I was learning things that I didn't know before. Like, you know, like puppies doing zoomies. Doing, I, mean, I don't have a puppy <laughs> yeah that's a fantastic uh, i love the picture that you caught the old bum down sort of like yeah, zooming yeah, part of there as yeah. well like, absolutely perfectly there's a couple yeah. of bits in it that i mean it's all amazing but there's a couple of bits that i think are awesome the the mouth so that when when dogs will pin their mouths back when they're a bit stressed i thought i've never seen a depiction of that um yeah I don't think I've seen many, not even in photographs, actually, that, that I've seen. Anyway, I'm sure there are. I think that's, there. yeah, that's the thing with photos. One, I think they can be quite dry or like even sketches that are maybe more real life. You, you know, mm-hmm. they can be quite, they're not as interesting to look at as your illustrations. And I think, you know, with, with an, an illustration, you can really convey what what is going on. So I yeah. I think that's that's how you've got this niche market really because yeah. it's just a resource that everybody needs and um yeah 
yeah things like to get some of those photos you probably have to stress the dogs out yeah. which isn't going to be particularly ethical well, or welfare well, you know, friendly. as it so happens like i mean there are i mean there's a blog by eileen anderson who and she's written some articles about how to identify stressed dogs like versus happy dogs like this is a stress smile and mm-hmm. this is a happy smile can you see the difference so like a lot of her photos were really helpful and then I also um you know I posted online in like dog trainer forums and asking for photos so people sent me photos uh, of their dogs okay. looking stressed mm-hmm. and this is how my dog looks stressed and <laughs> yeah. this is how he looked happy yeah. and so those all those photos were really helpful as a reference for me to to do these drawings so you know I didn't have to I didn't have to imagine too much like you know yeah. I, I did have photos to work from yeah. <laughs> and and I thought it'd be really cool if you know other people could see these changes yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the yeah. other one the other spot on one is the eyes the sort of soft eyes hard eyes as well it's a yeah again it's a tough thing to describe to people but with that visual you know being able to look and say like this is exactly what it's like um, yeah. yeah, it's a really, really good resource. Really, really good resource. I think what your mm. illustrations do, Lily, is they help me to not have to make too much of an idiot out of myself in front of a client because I don't know about you, Steve-O, but I find myself acting out. So I'm like, okay, was it like this or was it like this? <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Was it, was it a woo-woo-woo or was it a woo? <laughs> spend a lot of our time you know acting out these little <laughs> I, I, I I don't do that so yeah that was very good you've been very good last night you were really good with the analogies today you're very good with the acting like a dog oh, thanks, very good. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> so so you got into it through um it is it's quite a well I've, I've listened to some podcasts today doing some digital stalking um so yeah we the the story of boogie biting your your housing manager's quite quite well out there. Um and yeah. you got into positive um uh reinforcement training through through finding a, a sort of sketchy trainer first and then and then finding yes, out it made yes. Boogie unfortunately a little bit worse and then and then reaching yeah. out and finding out through Grisha, all of that stuff. So that's yeah. a really nice yeah. it's a good story. I like it. It's a really, really good story. And it's a, and people are so we we find this all the time and we talk about it all the time, but people in the positive um, reinforcement world is so giving with their time and expertise and all of the you know they very, always very yeah. approachable and and lovely and where we've had we spoke to many 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 people on the podcast already um so i i got i've got a pitch for you right i don't know did you watch the um the the vice president debates the other day did you watch any of it Could you... you know what i watched the twitter feed about it i, <laughs> I didn't right. actually watch it but i didn't want to watch it because i knew it would stress me out too much so i just kind I, of got the, the I commentary on i hear yeah. you but did you see the the bit where the fly landed on mike pence's head did you yeah see that? yeah well i reckon that would make a great cartoon called pence's fly and it's literally it's just it's just Mike. It's just a fly sat on Mike Pence's head, just talking about things that have happened during that day. Just a little ten-minute <laughs> one. Just this little fly, just talking about talking about political issues. I, I think that'd be great. So <laughs> you can you can have that for free. <laughs> I have Thank you. What what happened? A fly landed on his head, and then what? It, oh, it just sort it, of it hung just around there for two minutes. Yeah, it stayed there. For two it was there for two there. minutes. Somebody timed it. Yeah. That's it. That's that's the thing. It needs to be two minutes. Each episode is two minutes of just this fly chatting about maybe maybe. <laughs> 
Maybe why the did why he not, did he not do this at any point? I don't uh, think he must have had so much hairspray on it. It was just it just didn't. <laughs> yeah, feel. it was kind of quite stiff, wasn't yeah. it? The, the hair. There's some uh, BBC footage. I can't remember the the uh, reporter, but a similar thing happened, and the fly climbed down and actually went in his mouth. He just carried on talking, just like it wasn't even happening. Just so in the moment, it just how how is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> Like, I mean, that, that's a level of professionalism I will never reach. No, no. <laughs> I mean, level... that, that's almost like a horror movie moment, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, like a fly crawling into your mouth. The level, the level of like professionalism has got to be when um, President Obama caught one, didn't he? Do you remember that? Didn't he catch one? Oh, yeah. There was one sort of buzzing around. Yeah. It was like, quabank, like, like Mr. Miyagi type. Sort of like just kind of, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the difference between Democrats and Republicans, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Not that we're not that we're going to get into politics on the. Um, on I'm the same as you, Lily. I just <laughs> I don't get involved because I know it's going to stress me out. So yeah, yeah. I tell you what, we can get into though an absolutely other delightful book that you've been involved in. So we were we were thrilled to talk to Zasafras. Uh, oh yes, um, yes. So yeah, um, last week, and I we, again we didn't even know about this, but bedtime stories for rescue dogs, William yeah. to the rescue. How yeah. awesome is that? So <laughs> it that... was so cute. It was such a cute story. Yeah, so cute. It was fun, and she, and you know, as as Fred said, you get uh, she basically let me do whatever I wanted. So you know, I just ran with it. His little yeah. outfit is amazing. <laughs> I bought a copy. My one of my close friends is a real um, uh, Chinese crested enthusiast. So. <laughs> That's what she's yeah. getting for Christmas now, even though she's a 30-something-year-old woman. She's getting William bedtime stories for Christmas, and I know she'll love it. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got plans I mean, to I'm do like, any... I like drawing. I like drawing dogs that are not drawn as often, like, you know, yeah. dogs that don't get as much representation as, you know, the, the typical lab actually... or whatever. That was going to be one of my questions. So um, it's lovely in the book to see you know lots of different breeds being represented mm. as well so yeah. are there any breeds that you um you really enjoy drawing or haven't yet drawn that you'd really like to um well i like drawing short hair dogs more than i do long hair dogs um i i guess it's because i'm biased like i have a boston terrier <laughs> but um you know, and, and I know this is not a popular, this is probably not a popular thing to say or a good thing to say, but I do like drawing like bulldogs. <laughs> like, I mean, I know it's unethical and stuff with, you know, the, bre the breeding of bulldogs and flat faces and all the wrinkles and stuff, but the, that is kind of fun to draw. They, uh, yeah, they, they turn themselves to being illustrated quite well, don't they? <laughs> so yeah. expressive, so expressive. Yeah. It's the big yeah. eyes, the big, big like saucepan eyes looking out of the end. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Was it was it a conscious choice to put as many breeds into this book as you yes. as you could? Well, yeah? Um, yeah. So so when I the the publisher Summer still asked me to send in a proposal for a doggy language book. I mean, originally they wanted me to do a book version of the poster, and I wasn't really crazy about the idea because I thought, well, I've already done the poster. What could I bring to a book that isn't? Mm already in the poster and then they suggested how about doing lots of different dogs can you do as many dog breeds as possible and i thought well that's a great idea because then 
you know, there's a bigger chance of people picking up the book and looking at it if they can see a dog in it that looks like their dog. Yeah. So, yeah. And it also let me, you know, draw different kinds of ears and different tails. Yeah. And, and yeah. And that's not really been done in body language. No. Books and arts. Yeah. No. And it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it, as well? Because how one so like a boston terrier those ears are so emotive in a boston terrier yeah yeah then you get a dog with floppy ears and it's a completely different kettle of fish you know when they're when they're doing all those sorts of things so it's it's a i I think it's really important that there are some other breeds represented in there and again done drawn really really well really really expert yeah thank you And, and you know i did get a lot of help on the iaabc dog division forum yeah. on facebook which is a private group for IAABC people. And I, I posted a question. I said, does anyone have any photos of a dog with floppy ears looking stressed? And like all these people sent me photos. I mean, there was tons of photos of floppy oh. ear dogs. Like, you know, I mean, it was so, I could ask, I say that, you know, does anyone have a basset hound? And instantly I'd get, mm. you know, references. So that was really cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, I learned a lot looking at people's photos. I mean, if there's if there's a way to do oh. a successful call to arms, it's to ask doggy people to post pictures of their dogs, isn't it? Really? People love doing that. Yeah. People love doing that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's little mouse. Mouse has come to say hello. Little mouse. <laughs> so this is mouse's terrier ears. So usually they're floppy, but because yeah. the dogs are running around in the garden, she's very serious face at the moment. Very serious <laughs> yeah. face. Um, but I think. That's that's one of the things, Lily, that Steve and I loved about the book as well is the um, the kind of disclaimer section at the beginning where it says, you know, remember your dog is an individual. So what's yeah. normal for them is 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 normal for them. You know, don't yeah. um, always look at the context of the environment and what's going on and look at the whole. Yeah. It's such yeah. a brilliant skill to be able to look at rather. Yeah. And I think that's maybe why the illustrations work so much better than a still photo mm, yeah. because you you kind of feel more about an illustration whereas a still photo is just a, a moment in time yeah yeah i've that's seen true. a lot actually of people you know assuming because there's a photo of a dog and it looks a particular way you assume that there's stress going on there you know it might be a, a lip lick said it the right way around that i'd get it wrong um <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know you know take taking context in you know you, you don't know have they just eaten a tree have they you know are they you know all of those sorts of things and that yeah like mirroring what nat said there that's why the book's so good because he takes all of that out of it because you drew it with that intent this is the intent that's behind this drawing this is the intent that's behind that drawing so yeah you can see. And, and that and that's also why i wanted to do all those play drawings because they look like aggression right mm. if you don't know it's play it could look like you know it could look like whale eye it could look like the dog is snarling yeah. at you but it's play so so i wanted to show okay it could look similar but it's a different completely different context it's yeah. the, always the yeah. part of my week where where people I, I i do a like a socialization class on a saturday yeah. And the one thing that people in that class are always asking me is what what does good play look like? It's a panicky thing for everyone, I think. Like what, 
is my dog too much are they what what's that noise they're making or is that okay yeah. what they're doing chasing that dog why is he lying down there's so much going on in that conversation that they're yeah. having when they're playing with one another so again as a, as a resource i i could i could buy a lot of your books and hand them out to them and just as we walk oh, please do. as we walk around <laughs> yeah. as we walk around we could just go through and go page 92 please so we go and this is what's yeah. happening here yeah, yeah there's and, a really I don't know if you've been to the, the book website. There's a page, doggylanguagebook.com slash resources. Ah. There's actually a list. I've got um, a list of links. Uh, and one of them is a video of dogs interacting by um, Shelter Playgroup Alliance, SPA. And it's been annotated. So there's like little subcaptions at the bottom of the video as oh, the wow. dogs are interacting Amazing. and tells you what to look at. So that was really helpful too. Ah, really okay. Cool. I'll go and check yeah. that out. I did, you, I, go, you should check it out. Yeah. I did check out your Etsy shop because you, you, um, you're, you've got quite a lot of nice, really cool stuff on there. Yeah. Let me know if there's anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah. I've got a list. Here we go. We got them. It's um yeah, so yeah, people should go and check that out because you do little pin badges and um Oh I love, and... a, I love a pin badge. Oh, oh Nat, you're gonna go oh, off. there goes all my saving. <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> And you also do commissions as well. Um I do commissions, yes. Yeah. Is that what you spend most of your day doing? Like commissions for people? Uh, well it's it's a com you know, it's a balance. Like, you know, I, I do commissions and I pack orders and ship them of course yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're not so glamorous side of uh yeah <laughs> of running a shop so anyone out me. there that's got any sort of like ideas or things that they that they might want to be put into um illustrate be illustrated and put put out they could approach you and and um you you would help them out yes yeah well not anyone like not i'm anyone, a bit picky no. <laughs> i think i think you've earned that you've earned to be a bit picky <laughs> yeah. but when it comes to uh pence's fly we're, we're on yeah? <laughs> okay. well you know my, a friend of mine actually posted something on her facebook she said every time someone makes a joke about pence's fly you need to donate five dollars to joe biden oh good lord, <laughs> oh, lord i'm in i'm in debt already uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> i i really like um uh i i liked looking through the etsy shop it's worth everyone going um going to find out thank I did, you i did write down yeah. the address hang on let me find it doggydrawings.etsy.com there you go you got it and your and your actual website is doggydrawings.net is that right yes 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 brilliant brilliant are there going to be more bedtime stories for rescue dogs um i don't know yet i mean it, it was very, I mean, it's a lot of work <laughs> working on an illustrated book. So we'll yeah. see. I don't know yet. It's a very plush, all the illustrations are really, really big and yeah. the plush in that book yeah. as well. Yeah, really, really yeah. big. And, and are there going to be any more like doggy body language sequels? Um, well, um, I'm, I'm just going to wait and see like what people say, you know, if, if there's a demand for it or a request for it. Yeah. I think there will be. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, it'd be really cool to do other animals too. You know. If... Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, isn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Because um, do you, do you do any illustrations of cats? Um, I do have a cat language poster. Ah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I had to. I worked with a, a humane society, like a, a shelter, for that, and I did a hedgehog one. 
with really? hedgehog training. And I did one of a Moluccan cockatoo with a bird trainer. So, so like if I can, you know, I'm, if there are any animal trainers out there with different species and they want something illustrated, that would be, you know, they can, I'd be happy doing that. Really I, do you know what? I would like to see a lily chin pocketbook tour of a zoo. So you could do a section on like stereotypical behaviors to look for, um, feeding behaviors to look for. Oh my goodness, the possibilities are endless, really, aren't that they? That would be so much fun. I get to go to the zoo. <laughs> Did you do you did something with um... when you're doing your research you yeah. just sat yeah. there watching yeah. elephants yeah. <laughs> that'll be fun did you do something with susan friedman on zoo animals? i did her i did her um i did her living and learning with animals course ah, okay. yeah and that was really amazing i mean that's kind of what that's why i sort of felt like i should make it clear in the book that you have to look at the context, you have to look at the environment, right? It's not just a behavior, it it relates to something that's happening. Um, So I haven't done anything with Susan yet, but that is something that I would like to do. And I'm kind of like brainstorming it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. She probably wouldn't be interested in Pence's fly, I should imagine. There's another five (laughs) dollars. What about um, in terms of, where have you been approached by actual trainers like telling you that they've i know the book's not been out that like that long but i think as a you know for someone who's who's you know either got a dog brilliant book amazing for them to learn about dog body language even for people that haven't got a dog like i said i'm sure they would be interested and look for it but it occurred to me when we were chatting yesterday nat that it's quite a good resource for actual trainers as well. Like, you know, the mm. things that we've talked about, being able to point out stuff and, and that. Has yeah, any, yeah. Has anyone approached you and, and, and kind of said, you know, that they're, that they're going to be doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I know a few trainers who've said they're going to order in bulk and give them or give them out to their clients. Okay. So, so that's something, you know, you can do. You can yeah. order in bulk and yeah. you get a discount. Oh, there you go. There yes. you go. There you go. Yeah. Would you suggest ordering through your your web page for that? Would you? Um, you have to order through the publisher. So mm. there is, if you go to the book website, doggylanguagebook.com, down the bottom of the page, there is an email link that you can email them to order in bulk. Right. I'm I'm saying now I'm going to do that, and I'm going to give a box to the local RSPCA mm. rescue centre, so that every dog that goes home that's been adopted goes home with a Lily Chin doggy language book. Oh, I think that would be an amazing start. That is an amazing start yeah. because it's not a it's mm. not a scary textbook, but it's actually you know you would actually look at it. You know some some of the books that we recommend, we know they're going to be brilliant if people actually open them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, a lot of the books are big. I mean, they yeah. like you know the Brendelhoff book and the Barbara Handelman book. They're really great, but they're big and heavy and full of text. So. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really happy that that this is so small. <laughs> I mean, you can pretty much put it on the dog. Why not? <laughs> little little pocket in their harness. Yeah. Off they go. Here's my instruction. <laughs> it's like an instruction manual, you know, when you find it yeah. at the bottom of your <laughs> of your box. <laughs> this so, is how I work. <laughs> so, what's the future got in store for you, Lee? What what do you what do you hope to do? Do you, 
do you hope to spread this message far and wide um, and keep going, you know, in terms of animal body um, language? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to, I mean, I have some ideas for books, so I can't really talk about them yet, no, no, no. but I have some ideas I'm working on in the back, uh, in the background. And, you know, otherwise I'm right now, I, I'm, I'm just curious to hear what people think about the book, about this book, it seems, seems that it just came out. So it's a strange limbo time, isn't it? Waiting for all of those yeah. that, that feedback yeah, to come back. It around. is. It is. It's like really exciting and really scary at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I so think... any any of our listeners that do get themselves a copy, which I'm sure they will, what's the best way for them to get in touch and give you feedback and um, they wax, should wax post lyrical. a review. Post okay. a review on Amazon. Yeah. Post a review on Amazon or Per, you know social media tag me on social media and i'll see it and i'll repost it and get the word out awesome Great. awesome well thank you so much for talking to us it's been an thank absolute you. pleasure um yeah thank it, you it's like i it's say good. it's been it's been crazy like um because obviously your work has been around in my life for so long um you know just to, to actually get to meet you and, and talk mm -hmm. to you is that absolute pleasure really yeah much. Thank you. It's nice meeting you and nice seeing you. I mean, yeah. not that people can see me seeing you, but <laughs> <laughs> they, they get the idea. They get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, so we, we do a fake buy. So we're going to do a fake buy first of all. But hang on, and we can say real buy after fake buy. So fake yeah. buy, fake buy, fake buy, bye. bye, bye. <laughs> Question, 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 question. Wow, the question section is back. I love questions. I love the questions. Because it means that people is listening. Yeah, and he wants questions to be answered now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, who sent us in a question. And thank you so much. If you do have a question and you would like us to mull it over on the podcast and um, uh, and you would like Nat to answer it, because... <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then, yeah, send them our way. I do on the Facebook group. Join the Facebook page, because on the Facebook group, we tend to throw out where we're going to be answering some questions. So here we go. Right, um... Right, let's go on. I'm going to randomly throw these at you. Okay. Like so you might, you know. Uh, right, so uh, this is uh, Kelly. Uh, thanks, Kelly. Um, any favourite exercises for impulse control and any thoughts on positive anticipation versus frustration, difference between them and how you deal with them, etc. Oh. Full stop. Nice question, Kelly. I've got. I. I. You know what I really like. Um. Can I. Can I. Can I come in after saying I'm going to get you to answer him? Can I answer? God, so, like literally said no words and he's jumped in already. Yeah. Go on then, mansplainer. Go for it. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> right. This is how you drive. Right. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. When you're at a roundabout. <laughs> I've got one of one of my favourite things that I'm doing at the moment for impulse control is um. Uh, Auto sit to movement. I got this out of Jane Arden's book, uh, Mission Control, and it's part of my um, my uh, ongoing journey into the tree rabbit saga with Peaches, our Newfoundland. Um, and and um, uh, I'm building up to... So at the moment, we're using flirt poles um, to sort of hide squirrel-like things in the grass and then loop them out and seeing if we can get uh, Peaches to do automatic sit. We started with just automatic sits, built up to having a toy in the hand and going to throw it and doing throwing motions, getting a sit, 
click reward um and just we just made our way through tiny little tiny do you little know bits. what's good for that as well sorry Go. to just butt in no, no, no. um one of the best uses of a retractable lead is to turn uh, it into a lure yeah 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 oh that's brilliant i like that because basically what i'm walking around with at the moment is a massive whip and i'm getting some odd looks yeah in the park so yeah okay Where, yeah retractable lead you attach you know what i mean yep i hear yep. you yep yep um yeah so that's that's one of my favorite impulse controls so i've been doing loads of impulse control stuff with peach loads and loads of stuff but yeah you got so an auto sit so she sees something so then with the toy do you let her get it after she's sat is that part of the reinforcement i have been reinforcing her, her with food or another toy if she turns right. away from from the object i'm not letting her have yeah. The one that's on the pole. Yeah. That's, that's how I'm working it at the moment. Okay. Uh, but then again, the other day, she saw two squirrels and I almost uh, embedded my face into a uh, oak tree. So, you know, work in progress. I think you just got to go with it and start walking her wearing roller skates like the Tampax. Enjoy advert. the journey. <laughs> Enjoy the journey. That's what I'm going for. But then I was out tracking with her in the new forest the other day and she knew, she knew where she was, head down the whole time. She hardly looked up. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, uh, I, I take the winds where I get them. Uh, she's a brilliant dog and I wouldn't have her any other way. Yeah, that's good. Um, anything I would add? So, impulse control, favourite exercises. I always go back to the old simple food in the hand mm. um, and just uh, shaping a behaviour that I want. So I'm not asking for a sit, like Steve was saying, you're not asking for things, you're not um, queuing it. Uh, I mean, there are queues going on because, you know, you're setting up the game. Yeah. Um, but also, um, uh, I do the same kind of game with a moving toy. It would depend on the dog and what the issue is with impulsivity. Um when we're looking at positive anticipation versus frustration, um, I think I'd probably call that um, arousal and frustration is part of uh, arousal and frustration then creeps in when the dog isn't getting the reinforcement that they're expecting. So you can end up with that frustration, which can then flip into more kind of over aggression um so i see it on a bit of a sliding scale to be honest Mm. um and it would depend on the trigger of that arousal or frustration um i see a lot of very high drive dogs that just get completely frustrated by being restricted um and obviously what we do when we walk them on a lead is is we restrict them so i've always done lots of um the lead goes on good stuff happens near me Uh, you know building up um the expectations in certain environments so and by that i don't mean i'm like some school mistress or anything i just mean that she is if (laughs) if if we can't set the parameters of um how we would like our dogs to act in certain um environments then we can't expect them to do it and if Mm. we're mixing and we're you know sometimes you're allowed to do this sometimes you're allowed to do that it it's just confusing for everybody and um so i it's a bit of a garbled answer to be honest so i'm really sorry kelly if that doesn't answer but the impulse control stuff like steve said the the auto behavior so so building in an alternative but also doing daily stuff that is about food or um moving targets if that's what the dog is after um and 
uh, I'm doing the old behaviourist thing where I want to know more about the the dog, <laughs> the, the in, yeah, the individual dog <laughs> before I give any any more detail. Um, but hopefully that's a nice kind of um, blanket answer. Um, but I yeah. just I just wanted to caveat my answer there. Like Peach is absolutely blooming love sitting. She loves doing it. She does it all the time. Um, and normally I'm not. Like I'm not forcing that. Oh, default, sorry, I didn't mean to sound de- like no, 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 you no, 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 no. I, no, I, de- I okay. think you weren't. I just wanted to put that little caveat. Like I, um, I picked a position that she chooses to do herself yeah. all the time. Yeah, I think that's quite important because some dogs don't really like sitting. So, um, and and also it's about that stand, that yeah. individual's learning history. So she's obviously yeah. that's a thing that has been previously massively reinforced. Certainly. Whereas yeah. with another dog, you might just go for a. a you know, eye contact. I, I, did, or... I did double think it a bit because a large breed do not sits, but she just, yeah, she can't help herself. That can. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good question. Right. Thanks, Kelly. Moving on. Uh, Greg. Greggy Greg. Greg Patterson. Um, Greggy P. Greggy P. Big Greggy P. Um, what he's been in Turkey. Has he? Yeah, he's been posting some lovely pictures. He's been on, on Ollie Bob's. He's been driving a boat and all sorts. He look, I tell you what, he looks very handsome driving a boat. Like a captain of a boat. Or those sparkly eyes. Sparkling. Greg. Um, Right, Greg Patterson. What is the one breed of dog you would love to have as a part of your family that you haven't had to date and when integration is not an issue and why? Me, 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 me. English Bull Terrier. Oh, I love English Bull Terriers. Yeah. I love their big, big old tank heads. Oh, I mean... Asked me a year and a half ago, I would have said Irish Wolfhound. Mm, but, yeah. um, but now you know, and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, got that. Uh, do, do you know that the the um, the limiting factor at the moment is nothing to do with integration or anything like that. It's it's time. Time. Um, and I don't mean time as in, oh my God, my dogs take so much time. I mean, I want to give all my dogs enough time yeah, yeah, and yeah. I still have to make a living so I can put a roof over their heads. Yeah, you so. never, you don't want the guilt, do you? No. No one wants and the guilt. And I get guilt. that anyway. God, I had that when I just had Jack, so... It's um, a great question. That's a great question. I, I flit, I go up and down, round and round. I used to have a massive thing for rotties, um, uh, but um, I've had some I've had some clients that have come through with some absolutely adorable staffies. Oh god! Oh, there've been a couple of little blue ones that are just like they're like they're more seal than dog. Oh, they're just yeah. delightful, and they're just so they're just so happy. Yeah, and I like happy. Yeah. So maybe right now, Greg, maybe right now, a wee staffy. Yeah. From a pup. I think I'm quite open into. I mean, all my yeah, guys yeah. aren't pure bred or mm. pedigree or anything like that. I'm quite open to just a scruff mutt, to be honest. Yeah. But you asked what breed was on the list, and I can't help but stare and drool slightly at English Bull Terriers <laughs> stubborn I hear so we're both on we're both in Bull Terrier territory what are yeah, we doing yeah there we go bloody Terriers eh I know uh, right what else we got there what else we got Diana is there an actual question there Diana uh, I think she said she sent one back uh, here uh, on the oh, 5th I don't know we might have I to go back I can see it oh hang on it's because it's on most relevant not all comments let me just see whether that brings that up I think we might have to I think she's already sent one on the 5th maybe there was another call out on the 5th we'll have a look for that one in a minute let's answer Michelle's at the top okay. there uh, what does your dog do that makes you think they're the smartest pooch in town 
Brilliant. I love this question. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then after they've made you think they're the smartest pooch in town, what do they do to remind you that they're gormless? <laughs> <laughs> Mine is, this is Stanley. Stanley is just absolutely adorable. Mine is, he was, was doing scent work and finding tomatoes, Stanley. Little Amazing. cherry tomatoes. He was, he was great. He was great. Uh, mine is, if he has, uh, has to go to the toilet in the house, rarely, um, he does it in the bathroom by the toilet, then he walks past a mirror window and attacks his reflection. That's quite. <laughs> so he's so he's got himself all worked up because he needs a toilet. He's gone to the. I guess what she, what she's saying is the gormless part is he's gone to the toilet but not gone in the toilet. That would be quite an achievement. Yeah, I mean he's doing he's doing Michelle a massive favor because it's easy to clean in a bathroom, isn't it? So that's that's good. Unless you got carpet in your bathroom, and if you have got carpet in your bathroom, Michelle, you need psychiatric help. <laughs> We moved into a house once with carpet in the bathroom. I was like, the first thing I'm doing is ripping that Was up. it avocado? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, oh, gosh. Okay, so we're looking for like polar opposites of the cleverest dog and the dumbest dog. I've got to choose Jack Dog because he's Collie. Mm-hmm. So he's so... He is so clever in so many ways. Um, he knows how to uh, manipulate me completely. Mm. Um, and uh, he, oh gosh, I don't. He, he's basically been our savior a few times. So probably the cleverest thing he's ever done, but also the stupidest thing he's ever done, mm. all in one event, mm. was that um, he jumped in the middle of the night. So he sleeps downstairs. Um, in the middle of the night, he jumped up on our cooker and managed to turn the gas on. Brilliant. Um. But then he proceeded to bark very high pitched to alert us to the fact that he had turned the gas on okay. and was trying to kill us all. Pretty good. <laughs> so he was both our murderer and our saviour like in, reverse, in one so he, evening. He did the, the Gormans so thing first, but then. He did the Gormans thing first, but then realised how. Stu- I mean, maybe it's very clever to realise how stupid you've just been. That is very clever. I think that is very clever. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if my dog's ever done anything clever. Um, <laughs> um, putting me on the spot here. Um, I think that I I I I love um, uh, uh, Penny. Our little Jack Russell loves snogs. She absolutely loves him. Whatever you think about letting a dog kiss your face, it happens quite often in our house. And Penny, I think Penny has worked out she can, number one, get me out of bed by snogging me. Number two, um, get me to do something if I'm sat on the sofa by coming over and snogging me. Um, I think, yeah, I think... I think that's probably the cleverest thing little Penny has done in terms of getting me to do things. She's trained you, basically. She's trained me. My dog's trained me way before way before I've ever done any sort of training with them. It's a bit of a busman's holiday training my dogs, I'll be honest. Um, uh, <laughs> don't <laughs> the, judge me. But... Thing is, the, way I, the way I look at it is is um, as long as you're aware yeah. that you're being trained by your dogs, then yeah. I think it's acceptable and okay. Uh, I, I don't know. What have they done that's gormless? Um, a peach has just got this amazing, she does this amazing thing where she will come up um, this isn't gormless, by the way, but it's just just her face is just a picture. Um, so she comes up, she she'll walk into the living room, and she'll put both of her paws up on the sofa, either side of your of your legs, and she'll just stand over you and just sort of stare at you like a big pool eyes, just sort of stare 
right at you. And if it's dark, because she's a Newfoundland and she's completely black, you just have this huge black <laughs> head just above you, like looking down on you. And some people I think would find that quite intimidating, but I think it's just really, really cute. Um, she does look very intense, doesn't she? She when does. She, does she has these massive, yeah. like, pool of eyes, and sometimes her eyes disappear because it's all black. So if you can't see any of the whites of her eyes, they they disappear into her head. And um, yeah, it's just lovely. I love that. Go on, I'd have to think about that one a bit on the spot about the clever, the clever riveted thing they come. Right, we got that. Christ, it's a mighty tome from Diana. And what we got? We got another question here. Right. Hi, hiya. Another question came into my mind whilst listening to Michael Shikashio's podcast. Oh, Michael, he's the um, aggressive dog guy, isn't he? IAABC. I love listening to him. Mm. He's brilliant. He's good. Has he written a book? Probably. Uh, probably. I can get him on and off the shelf. I'd yeah. like to do that. Right. Uh, they said that resource guarding in puppies is a real red flag for further aggression. While I kept reading lately that the resource guarding that resource guarding is normal and we would just make sure it doesn't escalate. Both of my dogs guarded food when they were puppies. We did hand feeding, topping up the meal with goodies, never taking food away, etc. They are now more than happy to have us around their food. One is okay with the other dog being around. The younger one does not like the older one being around her food. She lunges, barks, and air snaps by the looks of it. Um, I thought it is normal and I only need to use management, but now I'm not entirely sure. She is an Irish terrier and the breed seems to have resource guiding issues. I know it's a longer question and I also know you cannot advise on my individual case, uh, but I would love to hear your thoughts on resource guarding. Is it normal? Um, if it is up to what extent? Hope that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, it does question. make sense. Is um, it normal? I mean, what, yeah, what's normal? I mean, it's a normal behaviour for dogs. I mean, they've been doing it for tens of thousands of years, guarding things from one another. Yeah, and I think we have to be careful about the label of resource guarding and yeah. this is something that that muriel um pat um talks a lot about about kind of repackaging what resource guarding actually is and i hear you i hear you it's really just saying you know i'm not feeling comfortable right yeah. now get away yeah yeah and um i i also think that without knowing your circumstances diana um you you you've got an Irish terrier and um when we not that we want to to um tar breeds with a certain brush but terriers are predisposed to being um, more impulsive and I live with two of them and I certainly see that on a daily basis um and uh, you know Steve's Penny um if if we had penny mouse and fish all together mm-hmm. we would certainly be very careful around food or toys sure. so that um you know world war three I, I joke it's not really world war three they're not hurting each yeah, other yeah, yeah. it's just that, that they can ah! easily yeah they can easily <laughs> get into a, i think of it like you know the seagulls from um finding nemo yeah the mine yeah. mine yeah. mine um and some dogs are just like that, whether they're terriers or not. And I, I think it's our job to help them feel safer around their resources yeah. and um, uh, potentially accept that some dogs are more likely to to have that kind of um, motivation of holding on to their resource. So if you haven't already, then 
do a little bit of research into something called the resource holding potential and that's how we look at um, resource guarding um, scientifically and how it's written about in the research which is basically uh, you know dog a weighing up dog b and weighing up item c and figuring out whether it's actually worth um, potentially getting injured about yeah. So that's a very simplistic way of, of talking about resource guarding potential uh, or research resource holding potential. Um, but it's a really interesting area of, of, of research if you hadn't had a look um, either. But I think um, in terms of resource guarding in puppies, I um, yes, I would see it as a red flag, yeah, I but I, I wouldn't then tar that puppy with... Um, some kind of future yeah. because it, it it can be reversed depending on the environment. Um, I always remember uh, when we spoke to Jean Donaldson about mine, she always said that the prognosis is quite good for resource guarding. You know, mm. if you if you put into practice some of the management strategies and the and the uh, training protocols and things, especially that book, that book's awesome. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, you don't want to be tarring them with that sort of like, oh my god, sort of brush, you know, because you yeah. know, you've got a, they've got a understand your dog, understand their personality. I don't, I don't leave my two dogs alone eating. They're not in the same room when they eat together. Um, when I give them chews, they're not in the same room together. Um, uh, because Penny would, she would, she uh, at some point, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. Yeah, but even. <laughs> Even if you you don't have an issue, then that's good preventative yeah. strategies. Why it's leave good, it a chance? It's good management. You know, I think a lot of people fall into the old, well, we feed all the dogs in the kitchen because you know it's a wipeable floor and it's easier. Mm. But um, imagine they feel that competition. They feel mm. that sort of like that pressure, and, yeah. and you don't know necessarily. I mean, they might going back to what we we're talking about. Though, they might exhibit some body language to show slowing down a little bit eating a bit tentatively eyeballing the other dog that sort of thing um but i wouldn't want my i would hate to sit down and eat my meal i mean corin probably feels like this when she eats in front of me um <laughs> but someone's across the room eyeing you up you know yeah. like getting more oh, and they're gonna yeah. leave a little bit they're gonna oh, you know yeah. I, it would be horrible so you know yeah and i also think um you know behaviorist hat on um if a puppy, so an eight-week-old puppy, was guarding from either other dogs in the house or um, people in the house, and it was it was food, um, I would be questioning whether that puppy was a hundred percent healthy, mm. and whether there was some kind of um, uh, gastric issue, or you know they hadn't been regularly wormed, or mm. you, you know all those things. So. Uh, I've done the old um, deflection there, Diana, and I've said there's more questions than there are answers. But I hope that's given you a a bit of a um, point. It's a good question. I haven't haven't heard uh, Michael's podcast about resource guarding, so it'd be interesting to go and have a a listen and and see what what we think about what they're saying. I certainly know that he is uh, very well thought of in the the world and on the cutting edge of all of this stuff with aggressive dogs and things at the moment. So, yeah, I... um, I, I did watch a talk of his on the was it the lemonade conference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a shocker, but it was really good. It was a, it was quite yeah. a shocking talk about dog bites and things like that. Um, yeah, so so yeah, interesting, interesting gentleman. I'd like to talk to him mm. definitely. Yeah, nice one, nice Fab. one. Thank I you think, for the question. Yeah, thanks for the questions. Keep them coming. I'll, I'll throw some more stuff up on the old Facebook page. Um, and yeah, yeah, more the more questions, the merrier. Thank you. Hi!
Oh, there we go. That was fun, wasn't it? That was fun. Another little jaunt into podcast land. And as the sun has gone down in the woofers, we started when it was light and now it's dark. I know. Well, it's not It's not on. quite Felix time yet, though. Otherwise, we would have seen her. Actually, um, Jay, Jay was in here the other day uh, working and the two terriers were in here with him and Felix came outside. Really? Yeah. And he, could, he was uh, watching her, him or her, don't know. That's blooming marvellous. I know. Like, Terriers were like asleep. I yeah. mean, useless. The only animals I ever get are out the front of our house, and it's the it's a dustbin men on a Tuesday morning. And they, <laughs> they make a hell of a racket. They really do. They really do. I tried feeding and them. And your scrap fairies. You oh, were the scrap me fairies. About. Yeah. yeah, we had a, we had a car that was made to sound like I'm I'm living in <laughs> living in a war zone. But um, <laughs> but there was there was a, a uh, an abandoned car outside the front of my house that had been there since. I'm not joking, listeners. About twelve months, yeah, probably a little bit a, longer was, than that. It was a very long. Time. And I, I pulled up outside the house the other day. God, I'm going on another story, and I you 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 queued this up. It's your fault. I know. Sorry. Um, I pulled up outside my house the other day. There's this big truck and a trailer parked out the front, and I couldn't get into my driveway. So I sort of like you know wound my window down. And this huge great bear of a man with no top on come wandering over to me. It's like. Is that your car, mate? I was like, no, that's, that's not my car. But then I proceeded to tell them that it's been there for a while. And actually, we'd we'd done a bit of research, and the and the and the guy that owned it had, had clearly just abandoned it, and it had a sign on it saying, if it's not claimed within the next fourteen days, it's going to go and get. Oh, scrap so adapt. these were the scrap fairies? No, they weren't the actual scrap fairies. They were these these were uh, illegal scrap fairies. <gasps> yeah, they're, they're the sort but of people. But how did that... they do? How did they know? How did they know? They just drive around. I tell you what, right? I got rid of that. It's another story. I I've just had a kitchen bed in my house, right? And the guy came around to do the plumbing, helped me take the old uh, washing machine out into the garden. And I said, oh, I guess I'm going to have to like ring the council or something to come and get rid of the old washing machine. He goes, I'll tell you what, mate, I'm going to I'll give you a hand. I'm going to put it outside the front of your house. Within 24 hours, that'll be gone. And I went, who? And this is why I call them the scrap fairies. He went, the scrap fairies will come. I went, who are the scrap fairies? And he goes, people just drive around looking for, like, you leave bits of metal out because obviously it's worth money. I had a few, a few people, people have knocked. Yeah. But I've got loads of stuff from left over from the woofers. Why well, you've got to put around? it on the front. I need the Stick wood it scrap around fairies. The front. Oh, I don't know if there is a wood fairy. No. That's a different thing. Um, uh, but. General crap from my loft fairy. Is there one of those? Probably. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> don't know. These are the only fairies I've seen. But anyway, uh, they came. They were like, do you want the car gone? And I was like, yeah, uh, as long as, you know, nothing to do with me. Uh, am I incriminating myself on a podcast? No. But anyway, came back two hours later. <laughs> do you think they'll listen? <laughs> two think, hours later. the scrap fairies listen? But yeah, their number plate was... Uh, no. <laughs> Two hours later, the car was gone. So the scrap fairies had been and they had floated the car away. Wow. And yeah, then they are gone. So there is such a thing as a scrap fairy. So um, enjoy. Anyway, what are we doing now, outro? We're doing it. <laughs> we're, sa- we're saying goodbye. We're saying goodbye. We're saying goodbye with a story, a Steve story. What a great book. Um, uh, thank you so much, Lily, for talking to us. Um, honestly, Christmas presents. I mean, once you've bought Jack and Billy, this is next on the <laughs> list. Without a doubt. Shameless. Next on the list, Shameless. without a doubt. Um, oh, I did want to give a little shout out to those of you that like the song at the end of each podcast. Um, it's Grow by my good friend, Grant Sharkey. Grant's a really, really good bloke. Um, like all musicians at the moment, um, it's hard out there. Mm. So if you like the song, 
and why wouldn't you it's one of my favourite songs in the world I absolutely love it he gave me a little shout out when he played it live the other day did he um, yeah he's been doing his like Facebook uh, live gigs and they've been brilliant um, but if you do like it go to his Spotify page go to whatever um, you know download it um, send him a message um, his music's brilliant it's not the best representation of what he does he's more of a comedian sort of political type comedian with a double bass um Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's, he's hard to describe, and that he is, is meant with all the love. Yeah, anyone that can play a double bass has got my respect anyway. Yeah. I, I tried to play a double bass once, and they are hard work, let me tell you. Um, Just carrying them from gig to gig is yeah. hard work. Yeah, there's a whole story about that, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> all right. Don't, um, don't, don't go off on another But yeah, story Grant Sharkey, awesome bloke, awesome song. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, folks, tell your family, your friends, your dogs, your birds in your bird bath. please share us subscribe to us um send us an email send us an email write um, questions send food um doodle about us doodle. daydream about us um tell us what books you would like us to oh if you um, think we should do any new segments look at new segments yep. if anyone wants to have an attempt at a jingle mm-hmm. that Steve can Steveify. Brilliant, although be aware my vocals haven't made it to any of the jingles. Just saying. Um, then please do get in touch. We love to know that we're not talking to to space. To so. the ether. Yeah. Um uh yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um uh yeah, this is a lovely one. Oh, well, a good one. Well done, Nat. Steve Randall. Well done, Steve. You, you did very good. Uh, Especially smashing the analogies today. Um, I Thanks, thought dude. the analogies were great. Thanks, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm gonna steal them and use them in my work. Hey, there's no such thing as a new idea. I'll credit, and I won't credit you. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Oh God, I smashed the microphone. Bye. Bye. Atoms collide, our cells divide, just like they've always done. A spark of life, we multiply this ride, it's just begun. Stretches back through all time. Time guided by a primal desire to simply survive. Survive, you can't keep it down.
for reason and peace on mass as one with strong and where opposition exists it's our duty to persist resist and fight and defend till the end another's right to all this this bliss a wish a kiss you can't keep me down you know and I can't keep you down I know and it won't